Hello and welcome to Bought at a Price podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Our mission is to take you on a redemptive journey towards understanding the way that God views your body, your lifestyle, and your role in His kingdom. We are committed to bringing you solid biblical wisdom combined with practical science-backed lifestyle tips and information to help you care for yourself spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. Thank you for joining us. Hello, ladies, and welcome to week three of our focus in February of looking at the health of specific parts of our body. And this week, we are going to be looking, this Wednesday, about the spiritual health of our mouths. And so with that in mind, I want to ask you a question. How often have you been told to be quiet in your life? If you've read our post from last week or listened to it here on our podcast, then you can say at least once, because then we talked about the importance of remaining silent before the Lord so that we can keep our eyes open to His work. If you want to listen to that podcast, you can do so in the link in the show notes down below. This week, I want us to change our focus, and we're actually going to do the opposite of what we talked about last week. This week, for the spiritual health of our mouths, I want you to open your mouth wide to sing the praises of your God. And we're going to look at exactly why we should do that through the story of Miriam's song in the Bible. Miriam's song in Exodus chapter 15, verses 20 and 21, give us a little glimpse into why we should testify to God's goodness in our own lives. The Bible has quite a bit to say, actually, about our mouths, telling us in Proverbs 18, 21, that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And furthermore, in Hebrews 13, 15, Paul speaks of our mouths and the praise that comes out of them, saying, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. And so because of the emphasis that the Bible places on our mouths, we want to pay attention to how we can take care of them in a biblical, God-honoring way. And with that, we're going to be looking at the health of our mouths through Miriam's song and story in Scripture. Miriam is going to remind us that it's through a testimony, through a song that is sung, that we find ourselves indispensable to God's grand story. And so if you've ever wondered, my dear woman, about the importance of testifying to God's goodness in your own life, Today, you're going to discover just how vital it is that you open your mouth to sing God's praises. As we've been following Israel in their journey from slavery to freedom in the past few weeks, we've talked a lot about a man named Moses and his leadership. Today, we get to pivot and look at Miriam, who was actually Moses' sister. And it's through Miriam's story and her song that we're going to learn the importance of testifying to God's goodness in our lives. But before we get to all of that, we need to look to Exodus to discover who Miriam was and how her place in the story fuels the importance of that song that she sings. As we briefly walk through her story, I want you to find yourself 
in it. Miriam has three seasons of life that we're going to see displayed throughout Scripture. And those are her first being an unnamed girl. The second is her being a powerful leader. And the third season is her portrayed as a rebellious resistor. And those three seasons of Miriam's life mark her as a real and gritty woman who certainly was not perfect, but still allowed her life to be used to tell God's story of goodness and freedom. Miriam was a real and gritty woman who allowed her life to be used to tell God's story. And so my question for you is, will you tell your story? As you read and reflect on the questions, ask yourself, what season of life am I in that mirrors Miriam's life? As you hear her story, reflect on that question. How does my life mirror her story? In whatever season you're in, I want you to hone your heart to the truth that God wants to use all of your story, no matter what season to tell his grand and good story. And so first, we have Miriam as a sister. Miriam's song in Exodus 15 comes right in the middle of two important events in her story. Before her song is the first time that we see Miriam. Back in Exodus chapter 2, verse 4, is where scripture tells us that she stood at a riverbank as a young girl, watching her brother Moses float down the Nile River in a basket. She is unnamed. She's a girl who would have slipped your notice upon first glance, whether you were there with her on the Nile River or just reading her story in the pages of Scripture. Nevertheless, Miriam's unnamed presence at the start of her story does not negate what God has planned for her. As we know from our study of another invisible woman in the Bible, which you can listen to in the show box notes down below, invisibility does not equate to unimportance. Miriam's story starts on a riverbank where she is unnamed and unnoticed by the world, but it is the beginning of an important story. And so here's my first question for you as you reflect on this first part of Miriam's story. Do you currently feel unnoticed by the world around you? Feeling invisible can lead us to wrongly believe the lie that our lives have no meaning or that there's no hope. And so hear this today, sister. Just because you feel invisible does not mean it's the end of your story. God has good things to come for you just as he did for Miriam. And so praise God right now for your hope for tomorrow and that he is working good in your life, even today, even as you feel invisible. And now we get to the middle event in Miriam's story where we see her portrayed as a leader. You see, as Moses rose among the Egyptian courts and we learn his story in the first chapters of Exodus, Miriam's story goes unwritten, but we know that she grows up apart from her brother. She remains with her Hebrew family until the day that they are all freed by God and led out of Egypt. 
Although we don't know exactly when Moses and Miriam are reunited, she is first mentioned by name in Exodus 15.20, our text for today. Her introduction here comes directly after God rescued Israel from the Egyptian army, that story that we talked about last week. And it is at this point that Miriam is introduced to us as what was known as a prophetess. She is the first woman in the Bible to be given this title, and though its original meaning in the Hebrew is unknown, we are able to glean that she was a woman of leadership. And from her place of leadership, Miriam sings a song testifying to God's goodness after he had delivered her people Israel from Egypt's grasp. Miriam was one woman singing among Israel's entire company in front of all of the people. And her testimony that she sang was of a slave girl to a freed woman. The testimony of her people that was powerfully mirrored in the story of Israel. And so with this event in Miriam's story in mind, here's my next question for you. Miriam had started out as an unnamed woman in scripture, but she came to play a vital role when Israel was led to freedom. And her testimony that she sings in Exodus 15, 20 was made all the more powerful because of those humble beginnings. And so reflecting on your current season of life, whether you feel invisible or influential, I want you to just praise God that he sees you right where you are and isn't finished with your story yet. The last event that we find in Miriam's story is Miriam as a resistor. In Numbers 12, verses 1 through 16, we learn about Miriam and her brother Aaron challenging Moses' authority. They speak out against Moses in an attempt to defend their own prophetic position before the Lord. But God defends Moses, telling Miriam and Aaron that while other prophets may hear from the Lord through visions or dreams, God speaks with Moses directly. And because of this, Miriam speaking out against Moses' position ends up costing her. Because after God finishes rebuking Miriam and Arian, she is left with a skin disease that causes her to be cut off from the people for seven days as she heals. And so this is the entirety of Miriam's story that we get in the Bible before her death. We have her first as an unnamed girl, then as a powerful leader, and last as that rebellious resistor. And all three parts of her life that are recorded in Scripture are completely important for the pinnacle of her story, which is that song in Exodus 15 we're looking at today. And so I want us to return to that story, to Miriam's song, and learn how we should testify to God's goodness in our own lives from what she sings. And so, as you heard Miriam's story today, again, I'm going to ask you, where did you find yourself? 
Were you that invisible girl or the powerful leader? Are you the woman with a song that you are praising God with each day? Or maybe you're Miriam at the end of her life, a woman who is resisting God's story unfolding around her. And if that's you, if you found yourself in her story at the end, I want you to ask God for that forgiveness and healing of your heart. Ask him to humble you to be open to how he is working and through whom he is working around you. And then find hope because your story is long from finished and God is still using you no matter what season to testify to his goodness. And so now, now that we have a fuller picture of who Miriam is and where her song is placed in her story, I want us to return to it and find ourselves in it and learn from it. Because Miriam testifying at one of the most important moments in Israel's history, the parting of the Red Sea, is vital to the story of God. It's actually believed that that original Hebrew, which Miriam sings in Exodus 15, 20 through 21, is one of the oldest biblical texts that we have. And many historians actually believe that that refrain that Miriam sings was the original inspiration for the entire song of Moses in Exodus 15, verses 1 through 19. And now that is an amazing testimony. And so I want you to think, what does all of this have to do with how you testify to God's goodness in your own life? So let's dive a little bit deeper. Because Miriam stood up and sang, we have a specific story of redemption, of freedom. Would the story of Exodus still have been told and recorded without Miriam? Yes, I'm sure it would have, but it would have been entirely different. Miriam opens her mouth, she sings praises to God, and because of that, a specific testimony of God's goodness was told. It's the story of God's people being brought to freedom, redeemed, and set apart, but it's also the story of one woman, a girl who started out unnamed, but then was brought to freedom so she could sing God's praises. And we know the next part of her story already, that moment of rebellion. But what's amazing for us is that knowing Miriam's full story, including her moment of rebellion, does not detract from her testifying to God's goodness, but it adds to it. Just because Miriam has a beautiful moment singing praise to God does not mean her life ended on that one high note. Her story is not tied up in scripture with a pretty bow. Miriam goes on to live and she doesn't do it perfectly. Her testimony is real, it's gritty, and still her song is sung for the pages of scripture. Why? For the same reason that your song must be sung. Because God's story will be told And your part, my dear woman, is desperately needed. If I were to ask you today, 
that question that we've been reflecting on, why you should be testifying to God's goodness in your own life, what would your answer be? There are many good answers to this question. Maybe it's so that other people could come to know God or so that you yourself are encouraged in your walk with the Lord. But I would argue that any of those smaller answers are only a piece of the bigger picture. And that big picture answer is the same reason that Miriam's song was recorded in Scripture for us to read. God's story will be told, and each part is desperately needed, including yours. Now we're going to unpack this a little bit more, but first, let's look at Miriam's song again and why her specific testimony was so desperately needed. You see, in Exodus 15, 20, we're told that when Miriam stands up and opens her mouth to sing praises to God, all the other women in her company follow her lead. Don't miss this. Because women was, because Miriam was bold enough to testify to God's goodness, there is a holy joy that fills the Israelite women so that their mouths are open to testify as well. They sing and they dance and they praise God for how he saved them. And remember how I told you that Miriam's song was one of the oldest texts that we have in Scripture? Think of that. Not only did the Israelite women around Miriam get to hear of God's story through her testimony, but us women today also benefit from Miriam testifying to God's goodness. Her part was needed in every way, for encouragement, for praise, for witness, to remind us that even though our story may start out as unnamed women, God is still working out our freedom. And though we give ourselves to broken moments over and over again, God is faithful to still use our story to tell of his goodness. Our singular testimonies are desperately needed by the women around us so that we may see God's goodness on display in all his people, in his whole story, and for all time. I want to end today by looking at what Jesus says about why we should testify to God's goodness in our lives. In Luke chapter 19, verses 37 through 40, Jesus is riding into Jerusalem at the start of Passion Week, that week when Jesus was crucified, buried, and then raised from the dead. And as he's riding in, there's a multitude of people surrounding him, shouting out praise to God for all the works that they had seen done by Jesus. But some of the religious leaders don't like all of that commotion, all the open mouths and the loud praise. And so they tell Jesus to quiet the crowd. And what is Jesus' response? Luke 19.40 says, Jesus answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. On first read, we think that Jesus might be talking about creation testifying, and well, he sort of is. But I think the point Jesus is making here is that each person who is praising God in that crowd is a desperately needed testimony of God's goodness. While the stones crying out to God testify to their creator, 
the power of men and women opening their mouths to praise God for how he's worked in their own lives is completely different. Testimonies are a much more significant act. They provoke a holy joy that can only come when we each sing praises to our God. It's Miriam's song that inspired the women around her to also sing praise. And it's your song, dear woman, your specific testimony to how God has worked good in your life for his name. So I want you to sing it loud, my sister. Sing your song because it is desperately needed.